We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So are you ready for rapid fire? So ready. Let's go. Hump day rapid fire. Let's go. (laughs) All right. Knowing only what you know about them right now, who would you rather have locked in for the next two years? Tyler Buckner at quarterback or Mike Mickens as defensive coordinator? See, this is a very interesting question because as I read this question, it was very obvious to me what I would pick. And then I thought to myself, does Sean know something that I don't know (laughs) as I was reading this? I don't. I saw someone else pose kind of an either or question on a show I was watching today. And it was like, ooh, that's good. I'm like, I got to come up with an either or kind of thing for Vince today. And so I was like, this is the best I could come up with. Okay. All right. Fair enough. (laughs) it's Tyler Buckner for me. I I think Notre Dame, if they want to be where they want to be, as far as the quarterback position is concerned, I really think Hartman to Buckner to Carr slash Minchie, whoever it happens to be after that, I think they need to start stacking good quarterbacks and good quarterback play. And so if you can guarantee me that Tyler Buckner is going to be here in 24, I'm taking that all day. Yeah, see, this is no offense to Tyler Buckner, but I kind of go the other way with okay. Mike Mickens because, you know, again, like if Al Golden were to leave and become a head coach someplace, there are a lot of people already talking about Mickens, and Mickens has a ton of familiarity with Marcus Freeman. You know, he sure. he, he was obviously working in Marcus Freeman's system at Cincinnati before he came to Notre Dame a year before Freeman. They've worked together for a long time. They've got a lot of familiarity He kind of knows what Marcus Freeman wants in a defense. He's done a great job of coaching up the secondary so far. So I think that that there is a bit more of a track record right now with Mike Mickens of success. Because, again, we're saying only knowing what we know about them right now. We're still kind of projecting that Tyler Buckner is going to be the guy. Like I think that I can project for the next two years with more certainty that there would be a, a you know forward success out of Mike Mickens than Tyler Buckner. Again, it's not okay. like it's not that I don't believe in Tyler Buckner, but we've got to pick one of the two. I hear you. And so I'm picking Mike Mickens. Okay. Fair enough. I figured that was the way you were going to go just based on the way the question was uh phrased. But yeah, it, you know, I'm not going to rehash my pick 
but I feel strongly in it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Fill in the blank. It would be blank if Notre Dame is not 4-0 going into the Ohio State game next year. It would be a huge disappointment, like a massive disappointment. If they can't roll out victories against Navy, Tennessee State, NC State, and Central Michigan, it's going to be a long season. I just I, – I, I don't see how any other result is even even a little bit okay. I mean, I I hate to be that guy, but I, if they're 3-1, and one, if they're 3-1, and one, that's a massive problem. It's a massive problem. It would be unacceptable if they lose yeah. one of those four games, even if it is NC State. Yeah. But you can't have another Marshall. Like, again – you got some leeway in year one. There was a learning curve in year one sure. for a first-year head coach. The program is supposed to be, and the head coach is supposed to be, in a different state by year two. If they are not 4-0 against Navy, Tennessee State, North Carolina State, and Central Michigan, there are big problems at that point because now you're losing games that are keeping you, you know, because even if you go on to beat Ohio State and Clemson, for example, or Ohio State and USC going into Clemson, well, you've still lost a game that's going to keep you out of the playoff, you know, and yep, you can't absolutely. you can't be losing games that keep you out of the playoff. You can afford to lose a game to a good team as long as you are competitive in said game. You can't be losing games like this. These are the kind of games that are supposed to fill your schedule yep. and give you a chance to have those big games count that put you into the college football playoff at the end of the season. Absolutely. And you can't look past NC State to the fifth game of the season. You can't. I mean, I, that will be the first quote-unquote big game of the year. You, you can't look past that to Ohio State. You can't look past a, You can't look past the first four opponents to a game that's happening at the end of September. 
You know, I mean, they, I, I feel like they're going to be focused enough to do a, And it's their first game really on the road. Yes, I know De- Navy is in Dublin Island. I don't care if you played Navy on the moon. You're not going to lose to Navy. Okay, they're going to have a brand new head coach. They're not a good football team. All right. So this is your first road test. I, I just don't see how they don't show up for that game. I just don't. I agree. So here's the super chat that I kind of held off on and wants to know who do you think is the best athlete to play a sport for Notre Dame in the past 23 years? Not best at position or sport, but greatest athleticism. And this is exactly the amount of time that I've been here covering Notre Dame. That seems odd that it would be that exact. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was looking at that. I was trying to figure out that handle. I was like, do I know this person? Who is this? It's a very (laughs) interesting thing. Okay, so my mind immediately goes to the two sport athletes that were on campus, right? You've got Jeff Samarja. You've got Golden Tate. Those are the first ones that come to mind for me. I know there's been some guys that have run track as well as played football. Pat Connaughton. Pat Connaughton, basketball, baseball, good one, good one. He's a crazy athlete. You got to say Connaughton. That's a really good one, actually. I was gonna. I'm. I'm still gonna go with Golden Tate. I still think he was athletic as all get out. You know, being able to do what he he's able to do, the speed he's able to put down. I'm gonna go with Golden Tate, but I don't know that there's a wrong answer here. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I think I'm gonna go with Samarja, actually. Getting to see, getting to see, basically every football and baseball game of his career. You did, and you know he was still very raw as a pitcher when he was at Notre Dame, and I was quite frankly kind of shocked that that he was drafted by the Cubs and that they you know gave him all the money to walk away from football and become a professional pitcher, and because of one his competitiveness and two his athleticism, just his athletic ability, those two things turned him into a guy who got a big fat contract and, and pitched pretty well at yeah. the major league level for uh, for several years. So I'm, I'm going to go with Samarja for yeah. my answer. Like I said, it's not a bad, there's not a bad pick when you're talking about these various guys. And uh, I was lucky enough to see a lot of that as well. And you're absolutely right. The fact that he could literally run over from a football game and be in the dugout for a baseball game was impressive. That's right. was very impressive. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Smith is a really good one too. And it's a shame that he had that injury because man, I tell you what, I, I kind of, because I can't stand either the Eagles or the giants. I would, you know, I was basically ISOing on watching Jalen Smith in that game the other day. And it was, it was, again, it was just not good. You know, he made a lot of tackles, but they weren't where they needed to be made. And well, yeah, and like, and th- and that's the thing. If all you're going to do is look at the stat sheet on sure. him now, I mean, you right. so you were paying attention to the same thing. I was. How many of them were at the line of scrimmage or or what you would call a destructive tackle? Right. They, were they were all like chasing guys yeah. downfield, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yep. and that's what he was with the Cowboys his last couple years there as well. Again, it's very unfortunate. That's but it, it felt like he was in on almost every tackle, did it not? I mean, right. I, but there were also times th- where it would get be frustrating to watch, where like he was in pursuit to some extent, and then it's like he'd see a couple other guys get to the ball, even though the tackle hadn't been made yet, and he already right. starts kind of let, letting up before he even gets there. You know, yeah, Julian like, Love and Jalen Smith both tied for the lead in tackles <laughs> in that game. There you go. 
So there you go. A, sa- a safety and linebacker tied for the lead in tackles. So yep. there you go. John with a football trivia question. Who was the player who coined the term Hail Mary as a football play? Do you know this, Vince? I do not. I don't know why I started because I didn't. I, I, I guess I started because whenever I hear trivia question and you're involved, it just. <laughs> Just to be clear, I'm not looking at anyone who's answering in the queue in the comments right now. So I have no idea what anyone is saying. Um, This is Roger Staubach. It was the Hail Mary pass to Drew Pearson against the Minnesota Vikings in in the playoffs. Roger Staubach is the answer. Because I think after the game, he said something about, I said a Hail Mary and I threw it up there and it became Uh, a Hail Mary pass. There we go. There we go. Yep. Nice. There you go, Chi-Town. Thank you, sir. All right. Back to the prearranged <laughs> questions um, for rapid fire. Fill in the blank. It's blank that Notre Dame basketball commit Brady Dunlap has decommitted in the wake of Mike Bray's announcement that he's stepping down at Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not overly surprising, uh, you know, that that you would have some shakeup after Mike Bray decides to step down. I, it's not that surprising to me, I guess. And I don't know Brady, obviously. I've never talked to him or his people or anything like that. If I were a dad and my son was committed to to play at Notre Dame or play anywhere for that matter, and there was a coaching change, especially after you sign your letter of intent, I would counsel my son Hey, wait and see who the next coach is going to be, and let's make a decision then. Yeah. You know, have a conversation with whoever's taking over, because number one, if if it is my son and I am giving him counsel, we selected the school for more than just who the head coach is. Okay, right? They have a major that my son wants to participate in, the location, whatever the case may be. All of those things would have had to been checked off, right? It can't just be about the head coach. And I feel like if if Brady is decommitting because Mike Bray is leaving, maybe he wasn't committed for the right reasons in the first place. And maybe that's okay. Maybe he needs to, you know, expand his search a little bit. But I would personally be a little bit more hesitant. So I think it's unfortunate. That's my that's my fill-in word. It's unfortunate, but not overly surprising. Yeah, and I mean, between the fact that Bray is leaving and that is the guy, you know, like, the, the guy who recruited him and he thanked Antony Weish, you know, in his, yeah, his he did. you know, social media as well. I mean, the assistants are going to be gone too, you know, so you've right. got no relationship now. So, you know, that's, that's, that's part of the tough part of this whole thing, sure. you know, but as well as you look at the way this program is playing and you see what's lined up, like who's here right now, like what, if you're, the big a question senior in high school yet you have no idea what anything is going to look like two months from now let alone right. eight months from now when when they're rolling out the balls and they start practicing next year you have no idea who the head coach is going to be you have sure. no idea who your teammates are going to be if it's going to be a competitive you know type situation right. so it's hard to blame a kid you know i don't for blame him at all i would just decision. i would just tell him to pump the brakes a little bit because you've got plenty of time to Make a new decision. Well, and here's the other thing. All of these schools, and if I remember, if I know my recruiting right, all of these schools have gotten their letters of intent from all their players. Like, how many more landing spots are there? That's the other thing. And with the with the nature of the way. Especially the trans- in basketball. Right. Yeah. With, with the way the transfer portal works, 
stick it out at Notre Dame for a year, man. And then you can transfer after your freshman year. Like I, I just, I would worry about him finding a landing spot. I'm sure he will. He's a four-star recruit. He's, he's a highly recruitable guy. Uh, but hey, there's a lot of question marks, just like you said. And, you know, there's a reason that Notre Dame sent all three assistant coaches to Marcus Burton's game on Friday night. They're trying to make sure he stays in the class, whether they're there or not. They want to, you know, hey, it's going to be okay, you know. Well, and that's and you know, also good on also good on them because again, right? None of those guys are going to be here next year, right? And all three so, of them were at that game, so yeah. and I know for a fact Marcus has questions. Who wouldn't? Yeah, who wouldn't have questions? Exactly. All right, Tom Brady snapped at Jim Gray. They do a podcast together. The old broadcaster Jim Gray. He snapped at Jim Gray when when uh, Gray asked Brady what he's going to do next. So I've got the audio from that. Guessing, uh, you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already done it. Okay, I'm taking it a day at a time. I appreciate your asking. Thank you. I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Tom Brady, so what do you think of that, Vince? Oh, that was a great response by by Gray, though. Yeah, I can tell. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) First of all, Tom, how could you not know that this question was coming? It's the biggest question out there concerning your future. I mean, are you really surprised? that that question was asked. Come on, man. Like, See, handle it with a little bit more professionalism. To me, this feels like, you know, like like pro wrestling. It's like Mean Gene, you know, Jim Gray was Mean Gene Okerlund, and he was setting up Roddy, Rowdy Roddy Piper to just go nuts on him, you know, for whatever question. It's like, you know, he's putting him over. Like, he had to have known that that they were going to talk about this, right? And it just felt right. like... It's like, let's just make it as viral as possible so yeah. everyone hears this. That's Good almost call. what it feels like to me, you know? Good call. I didn't even think about it that way. But it's like, he got real hostile, and then he's like, oh, but thanks for asking. <laughs> like, or whatever. <laughs> like, Right. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> you knew that that question was going to be asked. He had to know. Gray, it, you know, he has literally a one-on-one with you. That's what everybody wants to know. I mean, he, he has he, he's, he's like literally become Tom Brady's personal, yes, you know, media guy. You know, that's 100%. like what else does Jim Gray do these days besides interview Tom Brady every week? You know? Exactly. Like, what did you think he was going to ask you? Hey, how are the kids doing? Right. You know, like, come on, man. Like, be a little bit more professional. That's what yeah. I'll say to that. Just be yep. a little more professional. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I agree. Fill in the blank. It's blank that Jeff Saturday is among a handful of candidates who are going to get a second interview for the Colts head coaching vacancy. So when they hired him in the first place, I said it was a PR move. You had five or six weeks of Jeff Saturday to see what he could do. I believe they went one in the season, right? Isn't that about right? I don't think they won a second game. One in seven, correct. Yep. So it's ludicrous that he's getting an opportunity for a second interview. I have no problem with the first. It's ridiculous that he's getting a second. It's ridiculous. I, I'm sure Jeff Saturday is a great guy, but I think he proved to us he's not a head coach in the NFL just yet. <laughs> or maybe me, ever. To me, it's like if, you know, we started off talking about, you know, Hartman and his Heisman odds and all that kind of stuff. And, and like, I would think that there are probably got to be some pretty good odds on Jeff Saturday getting the job it just seems like you know from the minute he got the interim job to begin with coming out of the ESPN booth with no NFL experience at all (laughs) it just seems like Jim Ursay wants him to be the guy and the the fact that he even got one interview you know was it's like okay you get the token interview but now you're giving him a second interview it just feels like it is he's he's destined pulling in that yes yeah pulling in that direction like it's well, destined to happen. And it just felt like when he was named the head coach to begin with, you know, eight weeks ago or whatever, well, you know, eight, nine, ten weeks ago, we were all shocked. And I think we shared that same shock with Jeff Saturday, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with you. Right. I think he was just as shocked as anybody else that he was the next head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. But I also think that he was why look, you and I are not at all qualified to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. But right. Jim Irsay picked up the phone and called you and said, hey, I need you to be the head coach. Would you turn it down? No. I wouldn't. It's going to pay pretty well. Yeah. Okay. At the very least, I'll get a nice paycheck for a few weeks. So, all right, Jim. Sounds good. Uh, when's the press conference? I'll be there. You know? Right. right. I don't blame Jeff Saturday. I blame the people giving him the interview. Yeah. That's exactly it. And I don't think Chris Ballard really wants any of it, you know, the, the general manager, and that'll be, I'll be kind of curious to see what happens if they do end up going with Jeff Saturday, you know, like what does Chris Ballard's job become? Does he keep that job? Is he actively pursuing another general manager? Does he want that job at that point? (laughs) Yeah. Don't know that he does. Exactly. (sighs) We are not Marshall says you can fill out (laughs) your staff from the chat. That's funny. Eric Bieniemy is the one. It's like, and I heard somebody kind of float this, I think, last week. Like, if Eric Bieniemy doesn't get a job in this cycle, because it's been like at least it's four been, cycles now yeah. that he's gone through. Yeah. Like, maybe he needs to go someplace else and get away from Andy Reid and prove that he can, you know, yeah, be a good offensive coordinator in a different system. I don't know if it's the system that's keeping him back, the way he interviews. Man. 
it's just crazy because he's he's always he's he's not really the hot name anymore. He has interviewed for some of these, but yeah. he's not the hot name anymore. And he was the hot name for those first few years. It's like his time came and went. Yes. Salty, true or false, the Cowboys need to move on from Dak Prescott if they wish to contend for a Super Bowl <laughs> victory. And look, we talked about this last night and just, you know, so everyone's assured. I'm being asked a question about the Cowboys. I am not <laughs> talking about the Cowboys without being asked a question uh... about them. Um, I, I don't see there's any way, one, they're, that, they, that they can move on from right. Dak Prescott because, you know, of salary cap and, yeah, everything else. And I said last night, I think that the way to go in all this, you know, speaking of turning the page, mm-hmm. they've had the same offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, for like five years now. He was there before Mike McCarthy got there. They're still running concepts, offensive, basic offensive concepts that go back to the Jason Garrett days, you know, very simple things. There's nothing, they don't, they don't have like, they don't, they're not the Eagles. They're not the 49ers. Like they don't have their offense that is distinct and different. They're doing very basic vanilla things that I think are are pretty easy for opposing defenses to read. I think that if Dak Prescott, they're not going to move on from Dak Prescott in the only way that they can ever get over whatever hump, which I honestly don't think is ever going to happen as long as Jerry Jones is still alive. So let's, you know, just put out, put that out (laughs) there. But I think the only way they're going to get over that hump, they, they need to turn the page and do something different offensively. Now they need a different set of eyes and different minds working with Dak Prescott. Dak, Dak has to be better than he was this year, especially in the big moments. And I think the only way to do that is to have a different uh, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach with him. So that's my answer to that. I'm hey, I can't give a better answer than what you just gave, my friend. You're 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 closer <laughs> well, to the action, boys. Anyway, so <laughs> I mean, you're closer to the action than me. I don't want to say I don't care, but you know. Derek wants to know if Penn tolerates gambling addictions, Vince. <laughs> I mean, addiction is a very strong word if you're referring to me, my friend. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that in my contract it says anything about gambling. So I'm going to mosey on my merry way on that one. <laughs> yeah. John says, ask Jesse the previous question. And Jesse is going to go all in on Dak. You don't have to worry about that. I think I think that's what John is referring to. <laughs> Skytown says, Cooper Rush. I mean... <clears throat> Cooper, very basic, but he did, when it comes down to it, play better than Dak, I think, this year, even though the offense, you know, scored a lot mm-hmm. of points with Dak. Um, and then We Are Not Marshall wants oh, to know boy. my thoughts on the last play of the Cowboys game. Look, last play is the last play. I mean, it wasn't going to score a touchdown anyway. You know, it was obviously supposed to be lateral, lateral, you know, like right. Al Stanford, whatever, you know. I didn't get too worked up about that. I was more ticked off about the couple play boneheaded plays Dalton Schultz made before that by going laterally out of bounds instead of having his momentum going forward out of bounds to stop the clock. Instead, the clock kept running because he, you know, was not going forward, going out of bounds. And then, of course, not getting his foot down on the last one either. So, mm-hmm. yes, it's another player I would like to see gone 
in Dallas is Dalton <laughs> Schultz. Like, if you're going to ask me who I definitely want gone next year, it ain't Dak. It is Dalton Schultz is at the top of the list. Just draft Michael Mayer. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for tonight. Appreciate everyone. We had some great questions. Yeah, we did. A lot we of could have gone for a lot longer, actually. I know. I know. All right, so hit that like button if you would before you leave. Um, I don't believe we've got a show tomorrow because I've got a women's basketball game over at Notre Dame. But, of course, we will be back with the Rapid Fire show at 5 o'clock on Friday. So look forward to seeing you then. We'll talk to you then. Thanks, Vince. See you.